Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Silver 7's on a Thursday, our Thursday home. Adam Hill is here. Mateo's helping out. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Big show on the way as we get ready for the final regular season game for the Vegas Golden Knights. Feels a lot better today than it did a year ago, right? The end of the season last year was uh, kind of depressing, and there are really high hopes, and tonight's a chance to lock up even more important things going into the playoffs. Silver 7s, 77-cent beers. So we're hanging out at the Bud Light Sports Bar for 77 cents. You can get bottles of Bud Light, Bud, and Mick Ultra. During VGK games, we'll find out from Eric Andre, marketing guy here at Silver 7th in the 4 o'clock hour, what they got cooking for the playoffs. I feel weird. Um, if people have come down to check out the set, there's a little more room. They've got, they, they cleared a little more space for chairs at the Bud Light Lounge. And they've also got, I think they had a big bank of machines in front of us, so now it's a lot more wide open. You don't even notice it, do you? I did. Well, the first thing I noticed is we usually have a protective rope around us. Now, Mateo. Keep us from all the, you know, all the onlookers. All the crazies. Uh, that really want to get close. Or the, to on, or the onlookers who love us. You're right. Yeah. Oops. Uh, and so that was gone. So I was like, okay, are we, are we safe? Because we don't have that protection anymore. That was a COVID rope. So we're, we're done with COVID. Uh, but the other thing, it used to be like the, uh, it was kind of the you know, school chairs where you have your own little seat and desk for the people that were here watching the games. And stuff. Oh, you're right. They did get rid of those. Yeah. Now we've got, you know, a, an awesome table set up with the chairs, better chairs. It is a huge upgrade here uh, at the lounge. So I'm, I'm very excited a, about this. Is that an like Elvis-type guy with his back to us with I think it's like a, some kind of pleather? But Elvis type guy, just, if you mean an impersonator, yeah, I think it is. Is it? Because, yeah. I mean, that is some jet black hair. Jet black. I think, uh, well, it might not be. Maybe we're, just, <laughs> maybe we're just envisioning it. But I think, I mean, between the coat and the hair, I think it is. You look cleaned up today. Really? Yeah. I'm very observant today. I'm noticing things I, I didn't see what before. What does that mean? I don't know. But between you being cleaned up and facially, less facial hair. No. And uh, the guy with the jet black hair. <laughs> James in four days. Yeah. I got to. I really got to get on this. I've been talking for a couple of months more with Willie than anyone else because Willie's very much an appearance guy. He's he's always he primped is? and he's got oh he's got all these different specialists that work on him. <laughs> he's it's crazy. He's also I think has a photographer that travels with him. I haven't always, seen that. He's always, well, he's always posing at everything, and it's not he selfies. Does, how, how does that happen? Does he have a, a network of people who will take good pictures for him? I assume he has a hired photographer that travels around. He posted something today. He's actually, I think, the only person on the show who is on TikTok. I've been dying to get some content up there. Um, and he often, you're right, he'll do like a montage of photos, and they all look beautiful. Yeah. Always with the same hand, this hand pose, too, like a... Hands rested together like almost oh a, in a diamond. And you and I with the hands and the yeah, arms. I know. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good at all. Let's kick off today's I'm show. I'm on TikTok. I just don't post in, on TikTok. And find fan. I'm on there. Obviously, I'm on there. Uh, I just haven't posted anything either. Uh, Billy Idol tickets. He's going to be playing at the Chelsea inside the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas in October. Tickets go on sale this Saturday, 10 a.m., Ticketmaster.com. Two tickets right now. Billy Idol, Chelsea, Cosmopolitan. The show is in October the 20th to the uh, 28th. Five shows. We've got a pair of tickets right now. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Caller seven. So I was at a, a cool event today, over at Lorenzi Park, which is in Las Vegas proper, and is a massive park with a lot of stuff going on there. They just added a, a new 
amenity, a ball hockey rink. Did you play hockey when you were a kid? Yeah, a little bit. Not on ice, though, right? I, I think I tried one time. It didn't go well. I'm not, I don't like skating. I don't either. I can skate. I can't stop. So you just have to find the wall, basically? Yeah. yeah. Or, I guess, hit somebody. That doesn't really work yeah. in hockey. you got to be able to stop and turn and change directions. Yeah. Not just use someone or the wall as a way to turn around. Yeah, so definitely more ball hockey. Okay. Like on the roof of a convenience store, like in uh, Clerks? No. Not that hardcore. No, it would be like on a basketball court. Yeah, I was over there at Lorenzi Park today. Really nice setup. Really nice setup. bunch of kids from the local school were there as well. Derek England was there. One of the VPs from the NHL, Dave Gocher, was there. Uh, voice of the Knights on TV. And Kerry Bewaltz, the uh, president of the Golden Knights. I caught up with him, and we started off with the obvious. Pretty cool event, right? Lorenzi Park has been here for you know quite a long time. It's, it's got a lot of great things already, um, but to be able to add something that connects this closely to the Golden Knights uh, with a full-scale ball hockey rink uh, for the kids that are in this area, uh, we're super proud. Um, you know, you got to introduce the game, right? And there's a lot of ways you can introduce it, but it's not always on the ice. And so to be able to introduce it to all these young people uh, today is a real source of pride for the organization. We had some great partners, the city of Las Vegas. Obviously, it wouldn't happen without their participation and the city's parks and Rec recreation department as well. So we're very proud of it. Thank you. Why do you guys think it's important? Why do the Golden Knights think it's important to be intertwined in the community? Well, we're, we're growing a game in, a, in, in an area that seven years ago uh, was almost non-existent. Obviously, there was some hockey here uh, in terms of uh, at the youth level at the adult hockey level, but there wasn't a lot of ice. So obviously we've spent a lot of time and a lot of money investing in facilities throughout the market. Um, but also there's other ways, like I said, to build the game. And it starts with facilities like this. This is our second one here in the city of Las Vegas. And again, just a great opportunity to get sticks in hands, give kids the opportunity to run around and just be outdoors and uh, be doing something and having a good time at it. So you're feeling the energy, the juice as we get to the end of the season here? Massive game tonight in the playoffs uh, on the way? Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's been a long season. Uh, this is game 82. Uh, started off with a terrific start of the season. We had some, you know, some gullies there towards the middle. Um, but since the All-Star break, the team really has picked it up and uh, a lot to be proud of. Uh, but we got one more step. We want to win the Pacific Division, ultimately want to win the Western Conference, and then uh, we'll get after it early next week, Monday or Tuesday, and we're just waiting to see who we're going to play and when we're going to play them. We know we're going to host that first game at the Fortress uh, uh, next week. There you go. Kerry Bubolts, the president of VGK. Nice setup as they uh, cut the ribbon on the VGK-branded ball hockey rink right there near the basketball courts and Beautiful park, Lorenzi Park in Las Vegas. It is a big night tonight. Very big night. Seattle on the road. Seattle's had a monster season. VGK has had, as Kerry Bubold said, some some gullies. Pretty good to come out of them, though, with this, this kind of point total. So what's at stake tonight in terms of the division, the seed, home ice. So they're going to have home ice at least for the first round. Uh, they can win the division if they get a point of any kind. So get to overtime, you win the division. So play for the tie, that would be a good move. Uh, if you win, then you obviously get a point and you win the division. If you lose, then you need Edmonton to lose. Uh, that's what you would That's what you'd be hoping for uh, if the Golden Knights lose tonight to continue to uh, hold on and win the division. 
Uh, that's what they're going to need. So basically just get a point and move on or hope Edmonton does not come through uh, and then you can move on. So that's that's what's at stake. I, I think in terms of matchup, you know, mo- the most likely team you play is Winnipeg. That's if you finish first, which is the most likely scenario. Uh, then you play Winnipeg, which I think is a decent matchup. I Not necessarily from a, from a matchup perspective of who you want uh, to to play what the easiest matchup is or whatever, but I think a Kings Night series would be so fun. That's what I want, just from an entertainment perspective, from a regional perspective, from uh, you know the a building of a rivalry that we thought was going to materialize right away and never really did because the Kings have been bad. But man, right now, the the way that the Kings are feeling about themselves, the way that LA is kind of uh, really rallying around the Kings right now, a Vegas LA series in the first round would be so fun. So that's kind of what I want. This feels like an NHL playoffs, especially in the West, where the dogs are going to have a lot of value. Am I wrong? I think so. I absolutely think so. I mean, well, I mean, it's been so competitive all year, and the gap between the top and the bottom is very small. For sure. And right now, you look around. I don't like Colorado is a team that we thought was going to dominate kind of the Western Conference, and they really kind of struggled out of the gates. They weren't great early in the season, but now they're kind of right back where we thought they'd be. Um, they're really good. I think Edmonton might be, I mean, Boston is still out there, but Edmonton might be the best team in the league right now, uh, and they're in the West. But outside of that, I mean, obviously the Golden Knights are looking at potentially being the one seed overall in the West. They could be really good. And and there's just a bunch of teams that are very, very solid. I don't think there's going to be a lot of huge series prices. I think it's going to be pretty evenly matched. So when you talk about getting value on the dogs, what does that mean? I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of pick'ems. Mentioned Dave Gocher was out at the ribbon cutting for Lorenzi Park in the new ball hockey rink. Um, he part of his intro he also included around I don't know ten thirty this morning. He's like, well, everybody, I think think there's some good news tonight. If you're watching on ESPN, anyone know who number nine is? Anyone know who number twenty seven is? Looks like they're back. All right. Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. And then about good. half an hour later, I saw some of the guys reporting from uh, practice, and yeah, Shea Theodore was out there skating around, and it looks like Jack Eichel is going to play as well. And then there is the speculation about Mark Stone. Nothing in concrete yet, right? Did uh, did Butchie talk about it today? Did Bruce Cassidy talk about Stone? Because there were reports today saying Stone would be ready for game one. Yeah, I think that's what they're they're kind of more targeting. Um, and Jack Eichel kind of let his news slip yesterday uh, on, on McAfee, which we uh, heard a little bit of that uh, yesterday on the show. Uh, he... You know, he said he'll, he's going to shoot everything tonight because he has $100,000 for charity at stake if he's able to get a hat trick. So that would indicate that he's playing. So I guess he kind of gave that one away uh, already. Shea Theodore is obviously massive uh, for the Knights. And the Mark Stone situation is fascinating, I think, to a lot of people. They are obviously much, much better when he's really good. What level can he possibly play at? I, I think that's a huge question uh, that they, they're going to find out the answer to. Um they're obviously better with him on the ice, what, even if he's not at 100%, just from a lot of what he brings. But, I, you know, can he come back and play a seven-game series? Can he come back and play, you know, potentially, what, 28 games in the playoffs? I don't know. I, I just don't know where his health is. I think they hope so. I think he hopes so. But it, it's also one of those back injuries that's probably going to need, you know, it's already had some time to rest. It might need an off-season rest. And, and going into the future, it might be something that, Maybe you can't play 82 games a year. You know, but him being on the ice is a very, very good thing for the Golden Knights. Steve Cofield, Adam Hill, Cofield and company on the road. Silver 7s on ESPN Las Vegas. Draft rumors of the day. 
on the way here in a second. Also, another mock draft. Mock, 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 mock. Mock draft's coming out every day. So we got another mock draft intro in the 5 o'clock hour, and it'll kind of be tied to this news. Apparently the Texans are now, well, news is out. Rumors are out that maybe the Houston Texans in the two-hole aren't going to take one of these quarterbacks. You slugged it as Texans are leaking. Yeah. Is that a guess or do you know? Well, the, every reporter that covers the NFL all of a sudden is like, Texans might not take? Like, okay. What, like, what are we doing? So the news drops at the same time across the NFL landscape that the Texans may not take Stroud or Young or Richardson or Levis at number two, that they might not take a quarterback after really tanking the whole year with what we believed was the goal of getting a quarterback. And then Lovey Smith kind of screwed him on the way out or did justice, delivered yeah. justice. Yeah. You believe this? Will Anderson, the most hyped guy during the college football season, why can't he go number two? He certainly could. I don't, I don't think it's completely out of the question, and that would leave them to have their choice of the second group of quarterbacks at number 12 if they want. Uh, which I assume that they would do. I assume that would mean they would take Hendon Hooker at 12 or trade down to like 17 or 18 and, and take him. Uh, I think that's very possible unless, you know, who knows? Does Anthony Richardson slip to 12 or does, you know, uh, Will Levis, if they like him, does he slip? Those are possible possibilities. And they, they take a quarterback at two or excuse me, they take a non-quarterback at two and take Will Anderson. Now you can use the 12 pick and the second round pick and move up to like seven or eight if one of these guys falls. So, um, a, a lot of a lot of mystery, a lot of things going into it, and you know I, I, the way that they go, if they pass on a quarterback, if the Cardinals, I assume then the Cardinals would be able to draft to to trade out because somebody would want Stroud, I would imagine, to try to move up, and if they don't, like all of a sudden it changes the complexion of the first ten picks overall. So uh, I'm sure that they think if they took Will Anderson, they could end up getting a quarterback that they like later on, whether that's by trading up from 12 or even trading down from 12, they probably have something in mind. Man, I'm getting hungry. I can't wait until the show's done. I'm thinking tonight I might get two of my favorites. Maybe a little hot soup to start and some prime rib. How about that? How about that? Good combination. It is a great combination. I think Adam's got stories about both on the way back. 777 gets you two hot dogs, two bags of chips, and a 22-ounce Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra Draft on Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. NFL Draft coming up in 14 days. Rumors flying, as they always do. Texans now floating out the notion that they may not take a quarterback in the number two spot. This is not rumor. list just came out of the, right now, 17 players who will attend the draft in Kansas City, which means they feel like they have a strong chance of what? Getting picked fairly high. Okay. They don't want to be the one that sits around and pulls an Aaron Rodgers or sitting in the draft room looking sad the whole night. Pull a Geno Smith. People forget about that, the whole Geno Smith resurrection and now the contract he got. He got off to a real negative start because he had a puss on his face the whole time. Jets finally take him, and people are like, ah, bum. We're also missing an obvious one. I think uh, it was last year that Malik Willis didn't have a suit for the second day, yep. and he lasted all the way through round one and then had to go buy another suit to be there for night two. What a freaking nightmare. Uh, one of the guys that is included, running backs never go in the first round. Bijan Robinson is going to attend. Yeah. 
I mean, he must believe. Like I said, he. I'm. I'm sure he does. He believes Someone he's going to picked very early, and uh, you never know. You know, like, like we said, there's plenty of examples of guys that fall, but uh, he's going. Hockey game tonight. Knights need this one. Need at least a point, and then they clinch just about everything they need. One point against the Kraken while the game is on. As always, Silver 7, 77 set bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Mick Ultra. You should head upstairs at some point and take advantage of that prime rib special. That actually starts tomorrow. That's Friday through Sunday, but after 4 o'clock, prime rib, uh, prime rib special here at the City Cafe at Silver 7s. And you know what I can guarantee? It's real prime rib? Yeah, it'll be prime rib. Now, I felt like I got an unfair shake yesterday because you start piling on the whole, hey, old guy, because I was talking about restaurants and service and quality of food, and I got painted into this corner. I started it as, like, you know, the curmudgeon complaining about everything, and I think it came off a little too strong. But I also fired back at you a bunch of times, like, there's nothing wrong with getting the food that you actually pay for and expecting it to be pretty good. Food costs a lot of money, and, you know, you, you make the trip out. that You know, you can just sit at home and cook on your own, and... You never mentioned this the entire time about getting what you want, asking for what you want. Sometimes you got to ruffle feathers. You tell me after the show this whole story about prime rib and roast beef, and I'm like, well, where was that? Well, it doesn't. Like, really, you're going to tell it today. It doesn't necessarily help your cause. It's an it's an yes, older it it's an older fella that, that did it. But so what? But that's, got, that was got, the whole point. He got what he wanted. Right, but I'm saying I'm saying the, mo- no, mo- it, the majority of people that do this are older it, older it, white gentlemen. It backs up. <laughs> It's not even making a race thing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the The point was there's nothing wrong with asking for what you ordered, and you refused to do it, and you hurt the rest of our cause. So what did your friend do? So he saw that there was a Easter night buffet the other night uh, at, a, at a spot in town, and he said, you know what? That sounds good. You know, don't really have much going on on Sunday night, kind of a slow night in sports even. Let me go check this out. I wish he had called me. I'll, I'll tell him. It's not. It's not that far from you. We could have broken bread and sure. Could have had some prime rib together. So he's like, "All right, let me go check this out. I'll go see how it is." I could have gotten all worked up. Sure. He shows up, and he walks in, and they say that'll be sixty dollars. Like sixty dollars. It's not even on the strip. It's a buffet. Like, ah, that's a, that's a lot. They said, "Yeah, but prime rib. It's very, it's very excellent." Like, all right, you know what? I already drove down here. Let me go ahead and do this. So it's worth it for a prime rib. It's worth it. A couple of slices of prime rib and, you know, sure. 60, you deal with it. Hit the salad bar, a little uh, dessert right. buffet. You get the prime rib. It'll be nice. Roughage, better clean it out. So pays the $60, goes in, and like, all right, let's get this luxurious prime rib. And they serve up what is not prime rib. I knew it. And he is very frustrated. It says, wait a minute. It's roast beef. This isn't prime rib. Yeah. And the server said, yeah, it is. It's prime rib. Look, it's right there on the sign. Yeah, but what's on the sign is not what's here on the plate. So then they go up to the person slicing slicing the alleged prime rib. Oh, yeah, it's prime rib for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. So the manager comes over. What, what's the problem? This isn't prime rib. It is. It's prime rib. It's right there on the sign, sir. It says it's prime rib. That doesn't mean it's on the plate. So the manager says, "Okay, let me go back. Let me let me see what's this going is on." Absurd. No one has to check. You can. There was a lot. It was most people know the difference between roast beef and prime rib. Here's the issue: I don't, but oh, I don't think I do. So, and I actually think I prefer roast beef to, to prime rib, honestly. So, 
the the comment was made like this is this is not prime rib. This is roast beef. And if I wanted that, I would have just gone to Arby's, which is a great line. Obviously, That's a great line. And and honestly, roast beef is not the same cut. And at sixty bucks, it, it yeah. makes it hard to justify. So the manager disappears for a while, and this person thinks I'll never see this manager again. It's not going to happen. Lo and behold, ten minutes later, comes back out, says, "Sir, we asked around. You're absolutely right. This is roast beef. This is not prime rib." Let me go find you some prime rib at one of our other oh, fine wow. establishments. Oh, wow. Comes back a glorious plate of prime rib. So everything's good. And then all of a sudden there is another couple walking out. Of course, an older couple that says, hey, where'd you get the prime rib? They've been serving us roast beef. Yeah. I guess you do have to make, make That's your That's a case great known. story. I guess you have to make your case known. Yes. But I wouldn't have known the difference. I just would have eaten the roast beef and been like, all right, cool. Actually, I probably wouldn't have paid $60 for a buffet. Yes. That's probably the the actual part of this. Triumph! Vindication for Yes, everyone. yes. But when I heard that whole story and after you busted my chops yesterday, I did think, my God, I am getting like my mother. Of course. I am turning into her because she, when we used to be so embarrassed as kids when she would complain about food and send it back, if she didn't get her hot tea... She was, she was so irked. And now I, I don't order soup at restaurants because I'm like, it's just not going to be hot enough. I don't, I don't believe growing up my, my grandmother ever had a meal where she didn't complain. I don't think it ever happened once. I like it. Not once. I wish she was still here. Well, she, she is. She's alive. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Let me retract all of that. <laughs> How about you, me, and your grandmother? Well, she's not in town anymore, can, right? No, she's not. You yeah. can go. You can. You can, no, go. You, you can hang out with us. You can go. Go get some hot stuff, some hot soup, some prime well, rib, not roast beef. From what I hear, it hasn't that's changed. A, that's a great story. Hasn't changed at all. From what I've that is <laughs> that is a that is a tremendous story. It's pr- triumph for all old whites. I, I teased a soup story. We'll have to get to the soup story in just a little bit. Xavier Pope is coming up in ten minutes here on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, Adam does have a tremendous soup story, but. Uh, there's a lot of anger out there, and uh, maybe it's from the group that Adam was just mentioning. Those of us who complain often about the food, the type of food, the price of food. Man, Zion has put the NBA in a really weird position. What is Zion Williamson doing from, with this injury and not playing? Come hang with Cofield and company at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, great food and drink specials, and giveaways. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. BGK game coming up against the Kraken over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 1340 and 98.9 FM. Last night in the NBA, Chicago 109-105. Against Toronto, OKC goes 123-118 against New Orleans. No Zion Williamson. What was he doing before the game? Probably getting roast beef and saying it was prime rib. I don't know, complaining. Uh, He was actually out there warming up and throwing down dunks before the game. Okay. And then he didn't play. He did not. This one's hard to defend, isn't it? I don't, not necessarily. Okay. Um, Lamar Jackson. Right, this year we'll have to play on a one-year deal. Zion Williamson has to be concerned about his future and the upcoming contract. He already signed an extension. Yeah. Now, will it get bigger? Yes, but dude, you've got security. He's been out since January second with a hamstring, and then why would you go out and throw down dunks? It's like you're rubbing everyone's face in it. Well, he's not mentally ready. 
He said, I mean, can I, you defend? I mean, we're, we're, we are both very pro player, but you can defend this? He said, I can pretty much do everything, but it's just a matter of the level that I was playing at before my hamstring. I don't want to go out there and be in my own head and affect the team when I can just be on the sideline supporting them even more because I know myself. If I was to go out there, it would be in my head. I would hesitate on certain moves, and it could affect the game. C.J. McCollum announced after the game he's got to get thumb surgery. He's out two to three months. He played. He's not as good of a cheerleader. He didn't support. I, I, I see he, what I see. What you're doing here. He supported them. He supported them better on the bench than he could have on the court. You realize you're not supporting a player. This almost never happens. With your sarcasm. I'm not being sarcastic. He, Come on, he, in, in your if in, he's in, not in your mentally head, ready to go. Read it again. I, he's concerned that he's not going to be himself. He could hurt the team. He's going to help the team in some way. I can pretty much do everything, but it's just a matter of the level that I was playing at before my hamstring. I don't want to go out there and be in my own head and affect the team when I can just be on the sideline supporting them more because I know myself. If I was to go out there, it would be in my head. I would hesitate on certain moves, and it could affect the game. You're not buying this. What are you talking about? I'm not going to look at you. What are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not looking at you. He felt like he would be more supportive this and is better for the team to get a victory. He thought his best chance no. of helping the team win was as a supporter. And this isn't being mad at NBA players for load management and not playing. It's just this case isolated. If you're out there throwing down dunks, you can play. And, I don't think and, that's and, true. And mentally, yes, yes he, he said he can pretty much do everything, but I'm not at the level I was before. Well, sometimes you're going to be at 90% or 85%. You're missing, you're missing you're, you're, pretty much. You're a 25-point-per-game you're a 25 per, point per game guy. Come on. You glossed over the pretty much. I can pretty much do everything. Not I can do everything. Okay, then the pretty much means what? What do you want to drop it from, 85% to what, 78.5? And now you're, you're completely disrespecting his backups. His backups at 100% are probably better than him at 78%. The Bulls came from behind. They were down 19. The secret weapon in the game was? Somebody who was supporting the team from the sideline, Steve. I, I saw this person. DeMar DeRozan's daughter? And I have to admit, I'm up in the air on this one. Go ahead. What, what, what was she what, doing? She was... Perfectly timing, very, very obnoxious screams when the when the Raptors were shooting free throws. I was at the Mountain West Conference Tournament, and there were two women in one of the bands. I feel like it was Utah State. It might not have been. But on the free throw line, they were doing the same thing. And, my God, it was blood curdling. Was it working? No. Because the Raptors shot 50% from the free throw line despite three of their top shooters being around 90% shooting. Well, then she's got to be at every game and sitting right on the baseline, right? And they got to move her from one end to the other. She's got school, man. Come on. She's got to go to school. Listen, I'm not at the game, and I can turn down the sound of the free throws. They, If, if the screen worked that well, I didn't know it worked that well. Yeah, uh, 50%. Did you know that the, the players also know her? Because <laughs> DeRozan used to be there, so they all knew her. So they're sitting there shooting free throws like, all right, we've known you since you were born. What are you doing? Yes. I, I think it's a, I I think it's great how, strategy. I don't know how people do that. The loud scream? Yeah. Do you have anything loud you can do? Not really. Nah. I have a very delicate voice now. I do a decent clap, but a clap is not like a little girl scream. Yeah, you got to open the hands a little more. Like, the, like that right next to someone's head. I don't do stuff like that anymore because I don't go as a fan often.
Would you just bring a kid? Find a kid on the streets and be like, how loud can you scream? Should all NBA teams do this? Just If it works that well. Designated screamers? It, it, it was terrible. Yeah. God, she was loud. It worked. Uh, but but there's an art to it. Like you, if you do it too early, it's not going to really work. Yeah. You got to do it right when they're right when they're going into the to the release. It's got to be well timed. And so she's a basketball kid. She's been around the game a long time. She understands. She knows when to start screaming, and she did it. And I think it shows how much impact you can have on the game when you're not even on the floor. So I think you owe Zion an apology. Oh, that you just tied these two together. Yeah, you can impact thing, the game yeah, if you're naughty on the floor. Same thing. That's what Zion was trying to do, and you dismissed his efforts to help the game from off the court. So I think you should apologize. A lot of protests going on. A lot of protests. I might protest little girls screaming at games. A lot of protests. We got uh, a lot of folks mad at a uh, beer company, beer distributor. Uh, we've got people in our world mad at uh, Elon Musk. So we'll talk about protest on the way back with our guy, Xavier Pope. Get 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on Golden Knights game days at the Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. What's up? It's Tyler Bischoff from the Press Box coming up on the show tomorrow. Did the Golden Knights take the top spot in the Pacific or they finally fall to number two? Is it going to be a tougher road to the Stanley Cup final for Vegas and who's actually healthy for this team. Plus, we'll get into the NBA as the eight seeds are still to be determined and the first round gets underway this weekend. All of that's coming up right here on ESPN Las Vegas starting at 7 a.m. The weather is warming up, and that means it's time to listen to some baseball on the radio. And so what do you say? Batter up as the defending World Series champions, the Houston Astros, have welcomed in their in-state rivals, the Texas Rangers, for a three-game series. And we've got the getaway game all set for your Sunday listening pleasure. Get the hot dogs going. Make sure you have some Cracker Jack and turn on your radio Sunday at 3 to ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 f.m. Xavier Pope is up here on a Thursday. Silver Sevens is the site. It's ESPN Las Vegas. Xavier. Yay, Steve. I see you put the lead in with Al Green on his birthday. I know. I know. Uh, I saw the uh, video from Soul Train that you put up with Al Green. That was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. That was epic. I mean, Soul Train, normally the singers would come on and they would lip sync. But that was an Al Green thing. He'd come on with a live band. They play live instruments. And it was just absolutely electric. That band was an incredible performer. One of the greatest soul singers of all time. 77th birthday of Al Green. Happy birthday, Al Green. I didn't remember Soul Train having lots of live music. I thought a lot of it was lip synced. Yeah, it was. I mean, like, yeah, it, it, only certain acts did that. Yeah. You know, it just, you, know you, you want to make sound good like the record, but... Some artists were so confident in themselves, they decided to be able to display their own artistic talent, and that's something that Al Green did. I was boss. Nice. Very nice. All right, some hardcore subjects to get to. Uh, first of all, we got multiple protests going on or developing. Uh, what do you think of a regular guy, Kid Rocket, and people all worked up over Anheuser-Busch, and now people saying AB has gone woke, so they're throwing out their beer, they're pouring it out, they're shooting it. This one's pretty interesting, and in a way, I kind of, I because I'm a wrestling fan too, and uh, I always look at things with a little bit of cynicism, thinking that 
this could be a work by the actual target of the protest? Is is Bud in on this? What, what the hell is going on? Yeah, people are complaining because they're you know, transgender person um, uh, supporting Bud Light and and in commercials, and you also have a, a tampon ad with. Uh, it's just this different. It's this cultural war. More of the same. People are threatening our dollars. Some people are idiots supporting uh, companies with the same that were under the same giant beer, uh, beer umbrella. Kid Rock is a total grifter with no talent. Um, attempts to hate. The only way he stays relevant is to lean into bigotry. Um, when he and like he's some poor crappy kid from the from the country when he's a privileged kid. Um, I mean, it's just the silliest stuff, and people just think this is the coolest thing in the world to put their attention on when there are really more important issues in the world. Um, and so then talking about freaking beer. I mean, they're the primary people who drink the beer. Um, have have at it. I mean, people have their right to, to not buy whatever they, they don't want to buy, but people need to really spend time on things that really actually matter. I feel like these things don't really work either in terms of taking down billion-dollar companies. The last big one was the NFL and how many people are going to turn off the NFL. And now we're staring down the barrel of uh, Dan Snyder getting $6 billion for an NFL team. So apparently there wasn't enough boycotting. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like you are ready to boycott Twitter because of Elon Musk and some stuff he's doing. So what about that protest? I mean, yeah, well, you have the NPR um, temporarily leaving Twitter over being laid in state state um, state state sponsored media. You have had that also. Um, uh, you know they also did, they also did, the BBC BBC have not left, uh, and then PBS temporarily saying they're going to leave as well because they're compromising their journalistic integrity, uh, questioning their legitimacy and their independence. And so I saw this down the pipeline. I pulled suit up news off of Twitter in terms of like new episodes toward the end of the year because I didn't want that to be labeled with my content and impact any future arrangements or contracts that I had to sign. Now, would I have to take a hit in the meantime and kind of like go along below the radar and, and have these different meetings about the content earlier than I would have liked to? Sure, but I had to protect the integrity of the content that I, cre- I create. And that's what we've seen NPR and PBS do. So it's not a boycott. It's just protecting the integrity of what you're reporting on. And, I, and I'm very comfortable saying that that I will research everything that I talk about on Shoot Up News. I'm very passionate about it. And for someone to come along and to mislabel it as a form of misinformation because they don't agree with potentially the politics in there, I find it extremely problematic. And what we've seen happen over and over again on Eli Musk's platform, we saw this today when he's, uh, he's sharing stuff from Sinclair News broadcast group and thinking he's doing it, I got, I got you, but he didn't do his due diligence to even determine what the actual source of the information he was actually spreading and that's not, that's not somebody you want leading a platform where news is shared. What I'm trying to figure out what exactly the plan is with Twitter. It seems like they're doing everything they can to ruin it, but I don't understand why you would spend so much money and then try to destroy it intentionally. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, Adam. It's, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Every decision. I mean, I mean, he didn't spend forty-four billion dollars of his own money. I'm mean, like. I mean, he also was criticized on a platform. He also been criticized on multiple outlets. Is your job to, okay, I'm rich. I have nothing else to do better to do with my money than to use my money to attack and get and attempt to, uh, to, to harm 
journal journalistic outlets in some type of way, and then the major way that they're all shared, let me paint that as well. I mean, that's what it looks like from everyone from the outside. Um, and he acts like a complete child. Um, if you're a Elon Musk fan, God bless you. But don't talk to God is an idiot, and he shows it every time on his platform. What do you make of the recent developments with the Dwayne Haskins story? It sounds like, I mean, obviously a tragic situation involving an NFL player. Uh, now we're learning more and more details, at least through a lawsuit, that uh, the allegations are just terrible of what happened. Uh, what is going on here? And they're not only terrible, they are strange because, I mean, there aren't, there, there aren't a lot of facts to support some of the, the allegations. I mean, 14 defendants. Um, and then saying that he was uh, he was uh, he was bribed uh, he, 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 he he was uh, blackmailed rather and he was he was drugged and there is anything in terms of any proof that's been shown that this actually happened but then there's also allegations about, against the the the, 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 the dump truck um, that that hit him and saying that other cars avoided him and and he refused for an alcohol test and so. It seems to be a lot of different allegations that are shooting a lot of different directions, but considering how Dwayne Haskins died in terms of having two drugs in the system, being three times above the legal alcohol limit and the tragedy that they created, I mean, you would want you don't want someone in your life, particularly his wife, who's bringing these out um, these these suits, um, to have that to be how your husband left Earth. And so, um, God bless her to continue to go and try to figure out the truth of everything that happened. And a lot of the details are really sketchy at this point. And only a lawsuit potentially and any maybe discovery that's there, maybe to figure out what happened. But right now, if this actually did happen to Dwayne Haskins, then that's not just a lawsuit. That's a criminal complaint. Uh, and so uh, it remains the same, exactly the, the real facts of what's come out. And we're going to have to still pay attention to this because this is a wild story that's getting wilder. Xavier, as a, as a lawyer looking at this, like is this when it, it looks almost like, hey, I'm just going to allege everything here. And let's just try to figure out what it exactly was. How does that work in a, in a court of law? Like can can some of it end up being true and some not, and then you can narrow it down at a later time? Well, the problem with that is that you have to be able to actually allege something to get past a motion, a summary, a summary judgment uh, in terms of dismissing this complaint. So if there is no real suit and there's just, just allegations that are brought with nothing to show them to be true, um, then it's less likely to not to be successful. Now, in terms of the dump truck driver, that's a whole other situation because that's the person that actually hit Dwayne Haskins, and which I have a completely different set of issues in terms of uh, any type of recklessness they may have displayed, uh, any potential uh, that uh, knowledge that he was was under the influence. And so, I think that has a much better um, avenue for succeeding. Now, is that for a money judgment? No. Probably more so for peace of mind and to maybe restore some potential good name of, of how Dwayne Haskins died. Xavier Pope, good friend of the show, as he does each and every week, joining us, breaking down a lot of legal issues, sports issues, culture issues, and much, much more. Uh, this could involve, I guess, legal issues and sports issues with the possibility that the Knicks could file a grievance against the Mavs for tanking and potentially costing them a pick. This could open a whole new door uh, in all sports, potentially, for you know, how things are handled when a team tanks, because right now it's encouraged to tank the way the rules are set up. But here's the thing, and the NBA addressed this at some point, in terms of changing the lottery, 
balls and how the different situations are set up. Um, but the, the Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd, pretty much said, hey, we are tanking. And I think that I think you know, there are other ways that coaches have gone on and talked about load management and so on and so forth. Uh, and, you know, we saw uh, the Portland Trailblazers sit Damian Lillard down because he potentially might be with another team next year and don't want to hurt his value. Um, and so, but with a situation like this, it was so obvious that the Mavs put themselves in a position that there, there has to be something brought up because it does impact uh, the Knicks in terms of what their ability is to continue to build that team and make it a, a better squad. Yeah, wild, wild stuff to watch right now. Uh, one of the big topics on the week uh, this week was the uh, talk of how much Sunday ticket is going to be on YouTube TV. Are you making the switch? Bro, that is a lot of dough. But guess what? <laughs> we talked about we opened up this segment, right? Talking about how boycott don't affect the NFL. Dan Snyder selling his team, getting $6 billion profit. Um, doesn't matter if it's 500 bucks, 600 bucks, 700 bucks. Guess what? Fans are paying. <laughs> the NFL is about, it's still as popular as it's ever been. It's never going to go down. It, they have their fans hooked on an ID. Uh, in, 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 with the drug of the of the National Football League and whatever the NFL is selling, fans are buying. Period. Are you buying a grilled cheese today? I guess it was yesterday. National Grilled Cheese oh, Day. Did you, yeah. did, you, did you have one? Uh, no, and I didn't know that it was National Grilled <laughs> Cheese Day. But I'm a vegan guy, and so cheese plays less of an importance in my life than it once did. Uh, I know fans that are listening to this. Know what I just said? That you're happy to enjoy the, all the grilled cheeses you like. I, but in terms of me enjoying cheese, it's not a big part of my life. So grilled cheese definitely not going to be uh, on the menu. But vegan cheese is perfectly fine as long as it's not Ugh. the soy based. I like the more the nut based cheese. Ugh. Ugh. Well, <laughs> it, wait, so bad. Is cheese the thing you miss most though? I don't miss anything being vegan. I mean, it's, it was a lifestyle choice that I made. I enjoy it. There's so many different other things to eat besides some of the different things that come with a meat and dairy-based diet. Um, I feel great. I work out all the time. I have a ton of energy. I sleep well. Things I didn't have as much of when I was a meat and dairy consumer. I ate a ton of cheese, and I have all that same stuff. The same quality yeah, of life. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, the energy you probably have is probably going running to the bathroom. But that's <laughs> well, that that part is true, but uh, I do have, I do have good energy. But no, I just the whole vegan cheese thing. Um, boy, it's rough. Uh, my uh, my girlfriend the other day ordered a, a vegan pizza and it did have the vegan cheese on it. I tried it. I think it was a mental thing. I was like, man, I don't like this. So then I corrected it. I had some pepperoni. I just just threw pepperoni all over it. And I'm like, I think this will distract me. So. It was edible, but the cheese, the the vegan cheese, Xavier, not not good. Man. If, if you're gonna throw pepperoni all over it, Steve, yes, just put some real cheese on it. I mean, just, go all the way. If you're gonna go meaty, go meaty, go cheesy. Do all the if, do all the things meat and cheese. If you're gonna do that, don't go halfway. I hate when places sell they'll sell a vegan burger and they'll put real cheese on top. Like, yeah. come on, either be all vegan or all meat and cheese. Give it to me. Give it to me straight, man. I've uh, let's go back to Al Green here for like thirty seconds to close out the spot. Um, there's a I think a must watch doc, but I really documentary, but I really like Yacht Rock, and it's kind of the story of Yacht Rock, the rise, the fall, and the return. But there are really good stories in it. It's actually on Paramount Plus. 
but I'm going to sound really old here. There are stories <laughs> I didn't know about Captain Antoniel, Rupert Holmes, and Ray Parker Jr. was like a friggin' prodigy. I, I only knew him basically from uh, the Ghostbusters song. Hey, Ray Parker and uh, uh, Billy Ocean, uh, those artists, they all came along in that time where it's like really cool, smooth yacht rock. Yep. But Hello! Yacht rock is, you know, yacht rock has come back, you know, even even in hip-hop, like, there's a yacht rock hip-hop, like Larry June, like, his new album, Out with the Alchemist. So, it's a lot of, kind of a new way that that vibe is created right now. The Tori Imoi, you know, they kind of have that... That, uh, that that they call it chill wave more so now, not necessarily yacht rock. So it's just kind of morphed into a different thing in terms of the modern culture right now.